the one-man band, how to build a single-person business. Hey, I'm Chris Cooper. This is Business is Good, and today I'm going to tell you how to build a one-person business that you can run on your own without any help. I'm going to cover three big topics. First, I'm going to ask you, should you do it? And I'm going to help you decide. Then I'm going to talk about scaling up your time. And finally, I'm going to talk about the tech that you need to build a single-person business. Hey, I'm Chris Cooper. I took a 200-word blog and built a $25 million mentorship company from it. It wasn't easy, and I had to learn some huge and expensive lessons along the way. But now I'm sharing those lessons with other business coaches and mentors and high-level entrepreneurs in this podcast. Want to chat with me? Go to businessisgood.com and click join the movement. We'll see you there. Look, entrepreneurs initially they get into business because they want to buy themselves a job just doing this thing that they love or they're good at if they're great at cooking they want to open a restaurant so they can cook more if they're uh, great at fitness they want to become a personal trainer so that they can train other people to find fitness but the hardest part of turning your passion into an actual business is usually managing other people getting them to deliver it the way that you would deliver it getting them to deliver it to your standard and following your playbook instead of just making it up as they go. So today I'm gonna to tell you how you can do it by yourself and whether you should or when you should hire help. There are also lots of other opportunities and I write about this stuff all the time on businessisgood.com so you can follow the blog there for more help. About a dozen years ago, I was doing some mentoring for a website company called 321Go Project and I was selling business coaching through them and my book was full. I had about 42 mentoring calls a week. And that's just way too many. And so we said like, how am I gonna scale up my time here? I was really kind of working for myself, but the website company was pushing their clients to me and I was signing them up and we were splitting the revenues. So I considered myself kind of my own business even at that point. But first I said, okay, well, you know, I could hire more mentors to work under me, but my cut isn't big enough that I really want to share it with somebody else. And so we came up with this idea of launching courses. And so what we did was we would uh, set up a camera in my basement and I would just repeat the lessons that I was teaching people one-on-one -on -one into the camera. And these videos would be me and just talking into the camera for like 30 minutes at a time. It would just be this talking head in front of this brown uh, backdrop and we would sell the courses. And the first time we tried selling the courses, about 35 people bought the course for 1500 bucks and I thought, wow, I'm a millionaire. This is awesome. I don't need to do all these calls as often anymore. I can sell my calls as a premium service. And so we sold these courses and people bought them and they started going through them. And then we said, okay, how do we do this again? Like how do we sell another 30 people on the course? And we were following instructions in this book called Launch and the, the book said, you gotta get testimonials from people who bought the first course. And we said, okay, let's do it. So three weeks later, I called the people who bought the first course and I said, give me your best result. Like, what is the number one thing that's improved for you? And the first person said, uh, you know what? I haven't really dove into the course yet. And the next person said, oh, hey, uh, yeah, you know what? I went through it all, uh, but I, I'm going to go through it again and like actually do the stuff. And then somebody else was like, hey, yeah, you know, I was having trouble logging in and I forgot to ask for help. How do I do that? 
And after going through a dozen people, I realized that nobody was getting results from this course, at least nowhere near what they were getting from mentorship. And so I said, okay, I don't want to sell this anymore. Like I'm done. There's got to be a different option. Ultimately, what you have to decide or what you have to look at when you're making the decision on should I hire more people to scale my company or should I use another option is what will serve your clients best? What will get them the best result? No matter what kind of coaching you're doing, whether it's fitness coaching, business coaching, accounting, uh, psychotherapy, you always have to come back to this question. I talk often on this podcast and others about building a client-centric business. That means that the client's outcomes are what determine how you model your business, including how you scale. So there is a challenge when you're going like one-to-one in business coaching because you have a high staff cost. This is the way that I've gone and you have to uh, pay your staff, you have to train your staff, but you also have to have managers who make sure that the staff are delivering consistently the way that you would. And so you've got this managerial layer that also costs you. That means that it, it could possibly shrink your profit margin. When you're going a single person business though, your profit margin is much bigger. The problem is that you can only scale a certain point and you just can't take more clients. So today, now I'm gonna give you a couple of options on how do you actually scale your time to deliver from one to one to like one to many. Okay, there's a couple of different options that you can consider here. So how do you scale your time? If you decide that you wanna just stay like a single person operation, how do you scale your time? There's one business coach in the UK. She has about 3,000 people paying to be in her program. It's a low ticket program. They pay between 30 and $60 per month. And her model is she runs a public uh, Facebook group that's private just for her members. Once a month, she comes in and teaches a new module. And when you sign up, you get access to all previous modules. So there'll be one big group call every month where she gives them a new tool to use in their business. And there'll be a worksheet. They'll work through that together. She'll break them off into little groups so that they can partner up and make connections. And then they all go do the same activity and they grow their business. Right, so that's that's one model that you can use. The downside of a big one to very many model like that is you're going to have high churn built in, which means you're constantly gonna be working on marketing to replace the people that you've lost and grow on top of that. But this can work. The second model is boards. And I learned this one from Taki Moore and his black belt and boardroom programs. So basically what you have are, you it's a one-to-many model, but you group people in groups of 12, around 12. And you put one person in charge and that person doesn't work for you. They're actually a client in your program who's achieved some success and their job is to be the moderator. And so you go out to somebody and you say like, hey, you're doing great. I love what you're out, up to out there. Would you mind moderating these calls? And so their job is not to give advice or to mentor or to coach anybody. Their job is really to get on the call and just make sure that everybody is heard. So they start off by saying like, is anybody struggling right now? What's your biggest problem? Two or three people will put their hands up and the moderator will make sure that those people help get unstuck, right? And it's, it's great because the moderator is also a participant. They're getting something out of the group too, but it's hard as the moderator, and I was in that role for a while, it's hard for the moderator to feel like it's okay for them to share their struggles too because they don't want to take up everybody else's time. 
And so the person who's like most important to the success of the company is actually getting like the least value out of it, or at least that's how I felt anyway. The third model is to go one-on-one -on -one and to scale up, but that's not what we're talking about in this video. In my company, that's exactly what we did after trying a few other things. But if you're, if you're thinking about scaling up by going one-to-many, what I would suggest and what seems to be working for a couple of programs right now is to go one to few. So instead of you talking to 300 people at once, once per month, what you actually do is set up smaller boards where you're talking to 12 people at a time. And this is kind of a nice middle ground with higher retention where you're still leading the calls, they're still getting the collaborative effect because there is a collaborative effect of working in a mastermind with your peers. You're not relying on one person to be the expert, but you, the expert, are in touch with people. And that means that you can have kind of a longer term vision of their goals. Now, what some people are doing successfully with this is they'll have a one-on-one -on -one call with each client about every 90 days or so. This might last 20 minutes and it's just making sure that the client has a plan for the next quarter. Then you come live into their board calls of maybe about 12. And in those calls, you just facilitate group coaching, you introduce a new tool maybe, or you role play with people, whatever is going to get them that result. This will help you scale way further than if you're doing one-to-one -one coaching, but there's still going to be a cap on that. All right. So if you want to scale from one-to-one to one-to-few one or one-to-many, you're going to need some tech. Luckily, that tech's available to you. So first, you're going to need group interaction. You want people helping other people, and so they're getting results and help and support even when you're not available. We use Facebook for this. Other people use different software. I like to use a platform that uh, my clients are already on. They're already on Facebook all the time. And so that's why I keep them in a private Facebook group. But I totally understand why some coaches would want to use something other than, you know, like the, the Mark Zuckerberg platform or, or whatever, right? They want to... Uh, platform that they control. And so they would use something like UpCoach or Mighty Networks, or there's a bunch of different options out there too. Second, other than interaction, you want client tracking. And uh, there are some different softwares that do this for you where you like have your clients enter numbers into a dashboard. The key here though, is that it's not enough to ask the clients to enter the numbers. You actually have to refer back to their numbers and follow up with them. Maybe you're not doing like an audit, maybe you're not even holding them accountable, but you are saying to them, hey, I saw your numbers, right? I saw this change, what do, you, what do you do that accounts for the change? This is like our superpower right now. And you can use UpCoach for this, you can use like high level. Um, we built our own, we call it twobrain.app. What we do every single month is the client enters their metrics and then when they get on a call, they bring those metrics up and they talk about the changes and they talk about big opportunities based on those metrics. It's really important though, that if you're taking metrics from clients that you actually follow up with them about the metrics. One client who was with us for a long time and I really loved, when he quit, this was something that he brought up, was that, hey, I've been entering my metrics faithfully every month for two years. It's a pain in the ass for me to do it, but I did it anyway. And my mentor never asked me about them once. So why am I wasting my time doing this for you? He thought that he was doing us a favor by entering the metrics when really we're doing it to help them. And when I quit masterminds in the past, this was also a common complaint. Like, okay, I'll enter my metrics for three months. Nobody asked me about the metrics. I'm just going to stop entering them. Now I feel like I'm not getting the full benefit of the program. And, you know, that trickles out into like, I'm done. 
I really think that you should be tracking these metrics, whether it's you or somebody else, no matter what system you're using, make it simple for people to enter. You also need software to help you with client communications. So you need something like Zoom so that you can do meetings. You need uh, something that will allow you to text multiple people at once, and you need an email platform to get messages out. This is where a CRM probably helps the best. I use Copper, uh, but High Level can help with this or any other CRM that like really fits your niche, whether that niche is business coaching, fitness coaching, whatever. You need a way to um, share messages rapidly to track conversations because you can't track 300 conversations in your head at once, okay? And then finally, you can use AI. So you can use artificial intelligence to help you take people's dashboards and look at their metrics. You can use AI to help you plot the client journey and help um, get messages to people like reminders that recur. So on the eighth of every month, for example, you might want to send out a blanket reminder to everybody to please uh, enter their metrics for the previous month. Or if there's a group call coming up, you might want an automated reminder to get people to be on that call, right? So you're going to use a CRM to use text. But AI can go further. And so what you might want to do if you're a single person operation is use AI to create media for you. Right now, that's really easy with blog posts and tech. Soon it will be easy. There are even services out there now that will mimic your voice on a podcast so you can have it write and perform and publish the podcast for you. And soon that will be available in video too. It's easier than ever to scale up a single person business but I still don't do it. Um, I'm just telling you how. Okay. So basically, if you want to run a single person business, I can definitely understand managing other people can be stressful. It can be distraction. However, I do think there's a lot of value in having other people who can fill in the holes and also shore up your weaknesses. Uh, in a future video, I'm going to talk about how to scale up from one-on-one -on -one to uh, having staff, who you should hire first, etc. But I'll tell you, Hiring people who are more empathetic than I am has really helped me grow my business. Ultimately, you do have to go through this period when you're hiring other people where you're training them on what to do. Maybe your profit margin shrinks, but that really lifts the potential ceiling for later. If I had to take on 100 clients today, I could do it because I've got the team to do it. If I was still operating as a single operator, I couldn't do it. The other big downside of being a single operator is it's impossible to take time off. You cannot go to the beach in Mexico without responding to your text if you're a single person business. So there's always, always highs and lows. The one other thing that I'd like to reiterate about being a single person business is you're going to have high churn. You uh, have to deliver one to many and the bigger that audience gets, the bigger the churn is going to get. And so the more you focus on having no staff, the more time you're going to spend marketing to replace those people, unfortunately, right? One-on-one -on -one, um, does mean more time on delivery, less time on marketing because your churn is lower. It means that your recruitment is slower, but your retention is way better. You can work with people for longer and uh, you can probably get them better results too. So what I want you to do right now is to ask yourself, okay, let's say that you've got one client right now. How would you scale to 10 and still give them excellent service without hiring anybody? Would you leverage tech? Would you build courses? Uh, or would you try to go one to many? Now, the next thing you're going to ask yourself is, how would you do that 10 times? So to go from one client to 10 to 100, you're going to have to think about systemizing at scale. How would you do that? Build your plan first. It is very hard to go to 10 people without hiring anybody, but you could do it. It's extremely hard to go to 100 clients without hiring anybody, 
And I'm I'm not sure that anybody's doing it really well. It's next to impossible to go to a thousand clients unless you're prepared for high churn and just spending all your time marketing. Anyway, you can do it. You can build a single person business that makes you $100,000 a year. But if you want to go to a million dollars a year or more, and you really care about getting your clients results, what I recommend is that you hire people who complement your strengths, who take care of lower value tasks and let you focus on just being an amazing coach. You could be the single coach in a business, but that doesn't mean you have to be the single employee in a business. And I'm gonna talk about how to scale up your first hires, et cetera, on a future video. Hope this helps. If it did, and you're interested in becoming a business coach or a mentor or finding a business coach or a mentor, just go to businessisgood.com and I've got very clear links and can get you connected with that information or with a mentor within 24 hours. Thanks for listening to Business Is Good. If you'd like to chat about this episode or the blog post or podcast that I put on the Business Is Good site, just go to businessisgood.com and click join the movement. We'll see you there.